Welcome to the Alpha Female Chronicles Podcast. Hi everyone, my name is Lindsay Filippo-Bust. I'm the author and creator of the blog, the podcast, and the poetry collection, Alpha Female Chronicles, available now in bookstores. On today's episode, I'm very happy to have Svens Filimak, who is an author, speaker, and spoken word artist. Svens, could you tell our audience a little bit more about you? Well, um, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. I've been in Montreal for about 13 years now. I'm really passionate about words, people, and service. All right. And I know you're dedicated to the youth community through your tour at Broken Colors. Broken Crayon Still Color, my bad. <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've been able to tour not only in Montreal, but across the United States as well. How was that experience for you? Absolutely loved it. Every uh, tour stop was just something different. You know what I mean? And it just showed me how connected we all are through one thing and that's through brokenness everyone is broken in some specific place and just meeting so many different youth and getting them to like open up and talk about what they've been through what they're going through just humbles me and it helps me to just see just the power of words you know the power of gossip the power of bullying the power of you know saying something that's not nice how that could just paralyze somebody at 15 years old all the way into their adult life. And I think that is a great way for us to segue into this poem, Second Class Citizen. During the last episode, we were able to discuss the first half of the poem. And in this second half, we discuss um, matters that really pertain to brokenness and how others perceive the brokenness and use that brokenness to tear us down and to trivialize someone's pain. In this poem, I'll read a little bit of the third the third stanza i've become a disposable commodity videos objectify my body the worth of my mind is trivialized the presence of a father figure or lack thereof shapes my destiny my self-esteem is put on the line daily i am a black woman now when when i think of black women for sure i think of strength and resilience and that's um, also a topic that Juan, during the last episode, discussed this image that's been created of black women, the strong black woman, as if she's a superhero, as if she's invincible in a way that she can take on all of life's challenges and just keep going. But on the other hand, the black woman is not allowed to be vulnerable. She's not allowed to show her weakness or to have a moment of where she falls apart. So in that way, I feel that sometimes the pain and struggles of black women is trivialized. We are broken, but we're told, yes, we're broken, but you still need to function. But there seems to be a, a lack of empathy th towards the pain of black women. In your opinion, like, what are ways in which, especially black men, can uplift and support black women on a day-to-day -day basis? 
I'd like to say first and foremost, though, like when it comes to your poem, when I was reading those stanzas, I really felt that they were powerful and most importantly, they were true. You know what I mean? To make, there's just like maybe one line that I was like, mm, maybe I don't share the same opinion, but I definitely feel like the majority of everything you said was really true and it hurts because it's true. You know, I have seven sisters. So it hits me a bit, yeah, it hits me a bit differently. I'm, I'm, I am the only son for my mother. You get what I'm trying to say? So I was always in a household filled with women. You get what I mean? So I have a very big sensitivity when it comes to women. So number one, like before I answer your question, I'd like to say one thing though. I feel like part of the reason why black women are a commodity and black women are just like hypersexual, you know, hypersexualized yeah yeah hypersexualized and all that part of that issue has to do with the programming that young black men get like before i even know what to do with my penis get what i'm trying to say i've received so many different messages as to how to you know what i mean how to deal with a woman and how to understand the, the the purpose of a woman you get what i'm trying to say yeah. say that's that's something else that i feel like we got to touch because i don't think that black men want to do that automatically it's becoming automatic because we've been programmed to look at black women in one way smash and grab mm-hmm. you get me so like if you the other day i was in i don't know if i'm doing the wrong thing but the other day i was in the barbershop and while i'm in the barbershop the guy that's like lining me up or whatnot we were having a discussion because he has two sons, right? And while we were w- watching the screen, I was like, you see? You see the screen? Like, how do you expect your son to have a positive image about women or money or this and this, this and that if this is what he's watching every day, if this is programming him that way? You get me? So, like, if you program my mind like that when I'm 15, 16 years old, I'm going to grow into adult life thinking that, okay, all women are like this. So I can't be vulnerable with these women because these, this is what they're all about. And that just multiplies. And because you learned that in your uh, uh, young life, it's hard for you to stray away from that. And to answer your question, I'd like to say, I think it's very easy. It's not like, a, uh, it's not like any rocket science. Just love them, respect them, love them. You feel me? Treat them the way that you would want your sister to be treated. Treat them the same way you would want your mother to be treated. Mm. And that's it. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes it, it, I remember there were episodes in my life where I didn't have the maturity that I have now where I saw females like, I saw, I saw all women the same, you know, especially like in Miami. I feel like the culture is completely different here in Montreal. So you see women like, whatever, like, you get what I mean? Like, let's be for real. You get me? <laughs> and, and, Growing up in that environment, I was never able to appreciate women for what they really were. The only women that that um, I didn't have a problem showing respect to were older women. That could be my mother. Apart from that, everything else in between is like, you ain't, you get what I mean? If you're not a family member, I saw you in the same way. And that's because of my programming. And uh, we can we can up- uplift black women every day by just loving them, supporting them. Because I feel like the number one supporter for any black man is not a black man. It's a black woman. 
thinking about what you said, do you think black women also have to be accountable for how they portray themselves or how they value themselves to make sure that they're not being objectified? I know this is a bit like controversial, like a controversial because women have found a liberation through um, their self-image, their sexuality, their opinions, their voice. There's a stigma when it comes to women showcasing their sensuality or sexuality. Now, do you think that this plays in a major role in Black women not receiving the respect or empathy that they deserve? I think so, yes. But I just feel like it's a very delicate conversation, right? Because just because a woman dresses a certain way doesn't mean that she's asking to be objectified or hypersexualized. If, yo, it's hot outside, yo. If she want to wear shorts, she's wearing shorts. Just because she's wearing shorts doesn't mean that she's a hoe or that she's supposed to just be like the byproduct of all of my sexual desires and this is what she wants. And if she doesn't give in to any of my advances, that means that she's... B-I-T-C-H, you know what I mean? So I feel like it does have play for sure. Like, I think someone would lie if they, they would say, even women, I feel like, would lie if they say that that's not true. Like, if you see a woman dressed in a certain way to a certain degree, you're going to be like, okay, she wants attention or something like that. You get what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I feel like it does play a part. It's not, it's not the, it's not, I don't feel like a woman is, um, she can completely control the opinions of others. You get what I mean to a certain extent, but although she cannot control what other people, the opinions of other people, she can't definitely control what they experience with her. Right. You feel me? Yes. So I just feel like, uh, yo, she dress however she want to dress. Just know that regardless of the choice that she makes the same way, just like me as a, as a man, and if I want to go for farther, a black man, if I dress a certain way, people are going to see me a certain way. Simple as that. It seems like, it seems like it's a really difficult task because what needs to happen is a reprogramming of our minds, you know, for black men in the way that they, um, they perceive black women, they perceive women in general, and for women as well, because many, many black women, maybe we don't say it out loud, we kind of think it that sometimes we feel that we don't, we're not valued as much as we should be, or that other people don't recognize our worth. Um, So there's a reprogramming that needs to happen on both parts where we as black women, we have to understand like how much we're worth, like we're, we're valuable, we're we're, we're, our price is far above rubies, right? And oh yeah, for sure. Men to understand the value of a woman, um, what she can bring, what she can offer beyond her body, and that's something that it seems like a daunting task to try to instruct young men now to tell them what you see on TV, what you see on IG. There's a lot more to that. There's more to a woman, you know? There's more to a woman than curves and, you know, her face. So it's, it seems like a difficult task, but it's not unfeasible. It just requires effort. 
and I guess education as well, you know? And um, I think that's also allowing, like, especially with the youth, allowing young, young girls and young boys to discuss, like, how they perceive each other. I know that's something that at my church that we've been able to do over the years when we've had conferences or workshops just to discuss like how their views on relationships and how we should go about a relationship and dating. It's all about perception, but it's also about what society teaches us about mm -hmm. ourselves. And unfortunately, what society teaches black women about ourselves is that you mentioned it, hypersexualization. You know, when I think about like how we're adultifying young black girls like a, a young 14 year old black girl compared to a young 14 year old white girl the white girl will be perceived as more innocent naive um she needs to be protected at all costs and the black girl will be considered as a woman she will be perceived as a woman for various reasons and in a way i feel that the pain that black women feel the struggles that they feel or the violence done against them is more trivialized. When we think about what's happened with Rihanna Taylor and all the other black women that were murdered by police or any other victims, when I think about the women who survived the abuse by R. Kelly, when I see how some people from his fan base vilified these women, these women who were outspoken, these women who were brave enough to share their experiences, they were demonized by his fan base. When we think about um, Bill Cosby's victims, who were mostly white women, there was like public outrage and it was, it was immediate. How do you feel about that? Wow, okay. For one, I feel like regardless of the artist, there always seems to be and it's funny that you mention that because I think about Jeff uh, Epstein, 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 whatever, yeah. that documentary, uh, Filthy Rich and all that. I feel like there's definitely a big difference in the way that they see black women and other women for sure. You know what I mean? When it comes to beauty, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to value, you can see a complete difference across the board. I saw the R. Kelly documentary, and when I saw it, I was really disgusted. However, what I will say is that I feel like the people that vilified the victims are people that are not able to disassociate R. Ke Ke Kelly as a person or his character mm -hmm. with the artist mm -hmm. and the way his music makes them feel and the image that they've kind of like held in their mind. You get what I mean about R. Kelly? They can't just make that distinction between the two. So it's like you're going against this person that I look up to that I might have a whole come, you know, fantasy about, you get what I'm trying to say? And then you're trying to make him look Memories or life events attached to his music? Exactly. Like, you're trying to bring him down? No, I, I don't believe it. And because most of those women, and like you said, because of age, right? They're like, ah, 16, she know what she wanted, she know what she was doing, blah, blah, blah. He looked like a grown woman. Exactly. All of those things kind of, like, make him justify him. Whereas if it was just a regular average Joe down the street who was messing with a 14-year-old girl, it, he would not get the same response. You get me? So that's how I feel about that. I feel like, you know, 
when I think the, the main problem is programming. And I feel like a part of that programming, unfortunately, it, there, there are too many black women that participate in that programming. There are too many black men that participate in that programming. It's both of us. You get what I'm trying to say? It's not one or the other. It's both of us. So I feel like what needs to be done, like you said, it's a daunting task. But I feel like it's, it's not necessarily something that needs to be taught. It's something that needs to be modeled. Right. You know, and, and I feel like in modeling these things, this is what's going to get youth to realize, okay, there's value here. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Like, she's not just a moment. You get what I mean? She's actually a life partner or something like that. And I, and I feel like that's what needs to be done because unfortunately too many families do not have a mom and a dad in the same house, right? right? And some of them that do, unfortunately, dad is not treating his mom as if she's her value is far above rubies. You know, they're not treating these women like Proverbs 31 women. You get what I mean? So it's a question of modeling. And I feel like when you got issues that are that rooted, you just have to start small. You feel me? And like, there's a quote by um, Frederick Douglass that says, uh, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. So I feel like for me, this is why I've put more of my focus on youth. You feel me, right? Rather than focus on men, because men, not that I, I won't put my focus there, but it takes so much it takes so much to break a habit that you've had for over the years, whereas I could focus on you who are still moldable. There's still an opportunity to <laughs> yeah. make a change. Um, they're not like they're not too deeply rooted in their bad habits or bad like um, thought processes that it can't exactly. Yeah, exactly still have an influence on them which you know something else sorry go ahead something else that i'd like to say and uh, i'm gonna charge you with this and i'm gonna charge every other black woman that's listening to this one of the reasons why is because there's not enough positive black women that that are willing to get out of their shell like you're doing right now and it's a problem with modeling and, and and it's not necessarily what you hear but it's what you see you feel me like if if women had 20 other options to cardi b you get what i'm trying to say or megan the stallion or whatever and i'm for every instagram profile that's just promoting sex or whatever blah 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 you need another 20 women doing the opposite right pouring life telling telling you know young ladies that their value is not in their curves their value is not in the shape of their you know what i mean All, all of that does so that's how I feel about that. There needs to be more representation of, uh, of these women here. You feel me? These positive women with positive ideals, with standards, with values, with principles. Then it would be easier for, for young women to model that. I think about that girl. Um, I'm forgetting her name, but she has something in Georgia called Pinky Promise. It's, uh, I forgot her name, but she's, she's based out of Georgia. And she has a ministry where she's trying to keep... Um, women that haven't had sex yet to kind of like stay, um, stay committed to their principles mm-hmm. and women that have already like ventured down that road to get them to prioritize their sexuality and place more value on it and to not just give it away. Just that one woman was able to impact thousands of young women. Why? Because they had someone to connect to. Someone that was able to be vulnerable, someone that was able to be real, someone that was able to just tell them the way that it is. 
I feel like men and women were just going to gravitate where we felt like we're getting appreciation and where we're feeling love. So if a woman feels like, yo, if I post this picture, I'm going to get a thousand likes and that's going to make me feel confident. It's going to make me feel good. That's what she's going to do. There's power in um, building a community. And also, um, I like the fact that you point out that for there to be a change in young black women, they need to see something different, something they can look up to and aspire to. And it's funny you should say that because one of the things that motivated me to start the podcast is exactly by seeing other women do it, other black women do it and doing it with a purpose, not just doing it like as influencers or promoting products or whatever, but to be able to connect with other people and maybe set an example. It's not, it's not an easy task because as you mentioned, stepping out of your shell to put yourself out there and to really do something that, you know, you've never done that people can kind of like nitpick at to criticize you, to bring you down. It's, it can be terrifying to try to do something different, something that could be uplifting in a sea of such negative influences around us, but it needs to be done. And an important thing that needs to be done is to have black women uplift other black women as well. And to not tear each other down or hate on each other, but rather like encourage each other in everything that we do, especially if we're trying hard to step out of our comfort zones and I don't know, build businesses or start any new projects. I think that's something that will inspire younger black women inspire them to act to, to do the same and then they will inspire other people you know it's a chain effect but i know it starts with me and women like me you know that's something that can be it has a lot you know you feel a lot of pressure um i've i've worked in music sure. my church for for many years and it never dawned on me that i was a model for these kids until like my pastor pointed it out to me and i was like a model like I'm just, I'm not, it's not that I was winging it, but, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, and taking care of, like, of, of, of the youth at my church, just making sure that they're on the right path, making sure that you're available for them to give them, like, advice or share some wisdom or prevent them from doing something stupid. I didn't realize that that's what it takes to be a model. And there's also the responsibility of, you know, making sure that what I'm doing isn't a negative influence on them. Like how I'm speaking, how I'm carrying myself and the things that I do, the things that I accomplish. And I think that's something we really need to be more aware of, like women and men, um, black women and men, because the younger generation is looking at us. They're, they're, they're sponges. They're all just, you know, soak in everything that we do and they're like oh well i can do that too you know oh well if she does it i can do it so and i can work like negatively or positively as well i'm glad you touched on, upon that topic another topic that i mentioned in my poem is colorism that's that's a little taboo but we're gonna dive into it anyway <laughs> in in the poem i'll read you the verses um the odds are against me Society undermines my race. My competencies are associated with my ethnicity. 
My skin complexion is indicative of the content of my character. Their minds are now at ease. I'm not a real threat any longer. I earn their respect because of a racial binary. I reverse the odds unjustly. I am a light-skinned black woman. Now, colorism is a bit of a doozy because at its roots, it was created by colonizers to pin black people against each other. And the sad thing is, is that it persists to this day. It's still damaging family dynamics, friendships, and every other aspect of our social life. You've got people saying team light skin. You've got, you know, there are dark skinned girls who have low self-esteem because they've been taught, programmed to think that only light skinned women get men or get advantages in life and all of that. I've, I've, seen, I've seen the ugliness of colorism all through my life. Um, and my family were like all shades of brown, every shade of brown. So I've seen every shade of brown. So to me, like, okay, you're black and that's normal. But I've seen how my light skin was problematic in certain environments, in school, friendships. I've seen many times, like my teachers in elementary school treated me differently than dark-skinned students. They would say stuff like, well, you know, you're, you're, you're different. But I'm like, like I'm, I know I'm still black. And seeing that as mm. a seven-year-old and knowing that there's something wrong with that and feeling uncomfortable, mm. it, it's, 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 it still sticks to, like, with me to this day. And knowing that a child experiences that, like I was one side of the coin, but the other side of the coin is, well, she's light skinned and the teacher is not on her case every day. Hmm. I was always able to understand why some dark skinned people felt resentment towards light skinned people. And I'm like, hey, I understand because I've seen light skinned people take advantage of their light skinnedness. Like when we talk about um, white privilege, there's light skinned privilege too. I know that, like, I'm not like in denial or whatever. Like, I know I've seen it and I, I find that it's unfortunate. What were some of your experiences with colorism, whether you've seen them or experienced them? Okay, so when it comes to colorism, I've seen and experienced colorism on different levels. I mean, growing up in the South, like, you never wanted to be in the sun because you would get darker. And being darker was not something that was positive. Um, growing up, I remember seeing Topicle, you know, which is basically like a bleaching cream. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, seeing different people wanting to be lighter. And most recently, like the last time that I, I, I've traveled, when I went to India, I saw the colorism over there. I mean, like on TV, you cannot find any dark Indian on TV. And the majority of the people in India are dark. Mm -hmm. You get me, right? So I don't know. For me, um, I just think it's all ignorance, you know? It's a question of ignorance and uh, that's it. And if you look at like the Willie Lynch letter, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but in that letter, it's basically a letter to kind of like manage, control, and discipline people that are enslaved. And one of the things that they use in there is colorism. It's to get people to feel like the lighter the person is, the, the more uh, better that person is, and to divide people like that. 
and it still it persists to this day and it's still damaging yeah. relations within the black community and yeah and for sure it's, it's just you, you, we can see the pervasiveness and the the power of systemic racism you know it's it was constructed it was created to enslave and to tear us down and i find it so unfortunate because because of that the perception of light skin and dark skin was established and going back to what we were talking about like how the youth perceives like how young men perceive black women um light women become like this trophy to obtain right exactly they they they're they're perceived like the more exotic or better but i just feel like these are men that are still under the trance of the program mm -hmm. like i can't knock anybody for having their preference if you like this you like that you get what i mean but i just feel like if you have like some kind of a lens that makes you understand that because she's lighter she's better or more beautiful you're still under that programming mm -hmm. you get me because to be honest with you beauty is in every single shape whether she's like extremely dark skin you know like from ghana or senegal or whether she's like, like super mixed in her like she's like what we call high yellow you get what i mean mm -hmm. like even lighter than you you get what i mean like there, there's beauty everywhere you get what i mean so it's just a question that I programming and, and it turns me off when I see guys that feel like because a girl is lighter, she's more beautiful. Absolutely not true. Beauty is not, beauty. You know, if we want to talk about being attractive, like, yo, like beauty is skin deep, but on another level, like, yo, you got some girls that are light skin that are just fine. You got some girls that are dark skin that are fine too. And even more fine it's, it's a question of seeing beyond color educating others on what beauty is you know we're we're taught what beauty is by what we see in the media mm -hmm. black women i mean growing up i didn't see a lot of women looking like me you know um the closest thing i had was mariah carey for a while and then beyonce came and that was it you know but for other women for dark-skinned women they didn't see themselves on tv or in film mm -hmm. And because they didn't see themselves, they thought that, okay, well, what I look like isn't, um, doesn't equate um, what is considered beautiful. Because what, what you mm -hmm. see is like, uh, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, um, you know, having a certain like shape or whatever. So when you don't see yourself, you don't, you don't feel that you, exist in a way that your beauty your kind of beauty is irrelevant or n not not valid in a way and mm -hmm. representation and one thing that i have issue with um especially with like lifetime movies they, they have the same kind of people <laughs> bland looking people and when they do have black actors they're not they're not the blackest you know their their blackness is palatable and i take i take issue with that because i'm like you know dark-skinned people fall in love too you know they can find you know tree too at christmas time you know i'm just saying so that's you, you know you know it's crazy that you mentioned that i remember you know what was the first movie that i saw and both main actors were dark what's the name of that movie um 
It was about them uh, having an issue with the police and they went on the run. Oh, it's, oh my gosh, did I just forget the name too? <laughs> no. A few moments later. What is it? It's Queen and Slim. Yeah, Queen and Slim. That's the first movie I've ever saw in my life where both characters, main characters, were dark-skinned. Wow. I've never seen any other movie where both main characters were dark-skinned. I've seen movies where there was one or two characters, but the two main characters were dark-skinned. It's the first time. I don't know if you can name one, too. If you can name another one where there were two dark-skinned people that were main characters. Well, I mean, Black Panther, but other than that, I mean, most of the cast was black, which was pretty dope. But mm -hmm. a leading man and a leading lady that are both... Exactly. Like, love story in that type of genre. Yeah. Like, you, you ain't gonna find it. I, I haven't. I mean, um, love and basketball? Okay. Brown sugar? Mm, I don't know, but I don't know, but they... Those two like were really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you know they black. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it, that was like that was like dark skin, dark chocolate love. You get know what I mean? And I loved it because I was like, wow, why is it that I don't see that enough? Well, there's this theory that if a movie features like a lot of black people, it won't sell. Well, you see that 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 theory doesn't make sense because Black Panther Black Panther sold so much. Yes. Like I think it 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 passed records. Like they can't even like you get know what I mean compared to the records that that broke. You get me? Because we're like the number one consumer. Exactly, and there's a power in um, like the pockets of black people, disposable income. We spend a lot of disposable income on things, beauty products and all of that. I remember um, a few years ago um, when I was in university, I wrote this thesis on the misrepresentation of black women in the media and the beauty industry. And through my research, I found that, you know, a lot of beauty companies, they, they didn't want to cater too much to black women because they thought that we didn't have the means to buy these products, but the reality is that our spending power is so much more, is so underestimated. And that also pertains to media and all of that, like consuming hmm. any, any kind of product. So I'm still shocked that there are a lot of movie executives that think that having a black lead will not make a movie successful. When you think <laughs> All these blockbuster movies that Will Smith has done. Remember there was a time every, like, every July, Will Smith came out with a movie and it was a blockbuster hit. Woo and I'm like, okay, so you're saying that people can't sell movies? <laughs> you know? Very true. Even like Black Panther. That was just the success it had. Totally like disproves every, like, every theory that having a black cast will not be able to reach wider audiences. I'm glad that the movie has had success because the movie was good, but also to show that, listen, you know, black storytelling can also um, reach white audiences or any other uh, audience. Mm. 
of any color, but it's still something we need to see more of in the media, sure. in the media, but in politics as well. And a good thing that we're seeing more now, we're seeing, especially in the U.S., we're seeing more and more black women in politics. And I think that this could mean a surge in a new kind of future for young black women. I'm not saying that black women were never involved in politics before, but because of the power of social media now, we're more aware of how many there are that are in politics making decisions, being leaders. And especially yesterday when we got the news that Kamala Harris will be, could possibly be the VP, you know? Mm. <laughs> That's exciting. And I, I hope that we, we get to see more Black women in the forefront, taking charge, being leaders, and showing other Black women and young Black girls what they could accomplish as well. How do you feel about the announcement that was made um, about Kamala Harris? I feel like that was very interesting. I think here in Montreal, what hit me even more was um, Dominique Anglade. You know what I mean? When, she, when I saw that she, she will be leading the uh, Liberal Party, regardless if she gets it or not, you get what I mean? Becomes the next Prime Minister of Quebec or not, really doesn't matter. Just the fact that she's in position just for me is amazing. When it comes to Kamala Harris, I don't know yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to expect. I'm happy that a black woman is in that position. However, I don't know any of her politics, right? I haven't really taken the time to like see what she stands for because yes, I, I, I'm, I'm for her in that position. But what I care more about is like, okay, now that you have that position, what are you going to do and what have you already done? Right. You get me, right? Yeah. yeah, that's my thing. But I, I'm happy to see somebody like her occupying that space for sure, mm -hmm. regardless of whatever she does, because on the other side of the table, like they always occupy the space. Right. So for me, just knowing that she's present is a good feeling. That's for sure. It is. And um, it feels nice to be hopeful, especially in no, the for sure. that we're, we've been in since the beginning of the year to see things that could possibly turn around. Might be a shift in the atmosphere. We're hoping, <laughs> hoping for anything yeah. at this point, but we're remaining. Yeah. And um, I'm hopeful that black women can be more uplifted and mm -hmm. also more protected and that even if the world doesn't recognize our value, I know that we'll be able to fight for our worth and know that we are valuable. The world may think that um, we don't deserve, or not that we don't deserve, but we don't need empathy because we're so strong. But I, I firmly believe that Black women can, can rise above anything and also that we can step outside of our comfort zones and accomplish great things to be great models to all the young girls looking up to us. So any final thoughts? I would just say, um, you know, I love black women and I know plenty of black men around me that feel the exact same way that love light skin, dark skin, mocha, whatever shade of brown. I think that what we really need to do is we need to educate people by modeling. 
we can say whatever we want to say, but at the end of the day, we need to model strong black families. We need to model how you treat a woman, how you prioritize a woman, how you acknowledge a woman in public, all of those things. You get what I mean? Like we need to kind of like, as a black man, I feel like we need to be big brothers and to teach our little brothers, you know what I mean? Like how you treat women and get them to see the value in women and also be big brothers to our little sisters. You know what I mean? To not take advantage of women when they're in a certain position, you know, when they're unaware to their value, you get what I mean? To be like, you know what? Nah, you're worth more than that. You get what I mean? Like there's so much work that needs to be done, but I feel like we can only do, we can do a lot of work by doing little small steps. You feel me? Like modeling that in your household, modeling that around your cousins, modeling that around all of the youth around you that you have influence over, you know, speaking to them. And I feel like when it comes to black women, they just need to be vulnerable. You feel me? Because why would a young girl open up to you if you're not willing to say, hey man, when I was 16, I made this mistake with Tyrone because I didn't know myself value. So why would they want to listen to you if you're not able to just keep it real, you know? So I feel like if um, black women want to have more influence over the women around them, you don't have to keep telling them about your successes and everything that you did that was great and you did this and you did that. No, no one wants to know about that. Talk to them about your failures. Talk to them about your pitfalls. Talk to them about your down moments. You feel me? They can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And in relating to that, that'll build confidence in you, that'll get them to, to feel safe with you, and uh, to make a long story short, they'll open up to you. That is great advice. Thank you for your words of wisdom, and thank you for being part of this episode. I know that right now with the current situation with the COVID, maybe some of your speaking engagements have been um, postponed. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, I know that there will be more. Hopefully things will, you know, turn around. I already know that the next group of uh, teenagers that will be able to hear from you will be very, very fortunate to hear what you have to say, to hear your testimony, and I'm sure you'll be able to encourage them. So thank you again for participating in this episode. And um, for you guys, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll see you next time. Thank you very much for having me. Huh? Have a blessed day. Don't forget to buy your copy of the Alpha Female Chronicles Poetry Collection, available in bookstores and online on the Freezing Press website.